Muscles aren't just for looking good. They play a pivotal role in shaping our overall well-being. And in this episode, I'm going to share why muscles matter in regards to your longevity and your day-to-day business and leadership. Welcome to Executive Health and Life. I'm your host, Julian Hayes II, back at it again. And this is the place that meshes business, health, performance, and longevity. And ultimately, the mission is to help you live longer and to live better with precision. And as I mentioned earlier, muscle is essential and it's often overlooked by many people. Now, muscle isn't just something for the bros, the bodybuilders, the fitness enthusiasts. Muscle is much more than just a chisel physique, something that looks good in a t-shirt. Your muscle mass is a powerful predictor, and the best part is that it's accessible for everyone. Now, it may cost you some time, but the benefits are well worth it. So without further ado, I want to go ahead and dive into these seven reasons. Number one is your metabolic health. Now, Muscle tissue is metabolically active, requires energy to function. So if you think about that, by maintaining a higher muscle mass, this is going to help you maintain and increase your basal metabolic rate. Now, your basal metabolic rate, which you can probably see sometimes in articles and stuff, you'll see it's just BMR. This is the amount of energy your body needs at rest. Now, when you have a higher BMR, This is going to contribute to improve metabolic health. Your metabolic health is going to improve due to your body more efficiently and effectively regulating insulin, glucose, and your lipid metabolism. And lastly, this should be no surprise. It really shouldn't. But the management of your weight is also going to be in control when you have a little more muscle on you. Now, providing you're eating well also. So don't, you know, don't use the example of someone who has a lot of muscle on them, but they got a belly as well. There's a lot of people like that. They're not eating well, okay? These things don't exist in a silo, but muscle is a big part of that. And I would argue that the guy with the big belly, with the muscle belly right now, he would have an even bigger belly if he didn't have that muscle. So that's the positive in that situation. But nevertheless, when you don't take care of these things, with your metabolic health, this all is going to negatively impact your longevity. So number two is independence and functionality. I like to think of this as your functional independence. And I think about this because it's not just about living a long time. That's what people confuse about people in the longevity, anti-aging, and this space in general is that you think it's either people that are afraid to die or you think it's about people who just want to live a long time. And that's not the case. It's about living a long time, but also living a long time with adventure and awesome experiences that are continually happening and manifesting inside that that time frame. You don't want to become dependent just to get older and become dependent. That is the typical trajectory of a lot of people, unfortunately, in this aging space. As we get older, we become more dependent. We become less functioning. But it doesn't have to be that way. Muscle strength and functioning are essential for maintaining our independence and maintaining our mobility as we chronologically age. Now, set aside playing sports or doing complex activities. Muscle helps with basic everyday living. 
having adequate muscle mass, having adequate strength helps in performing daily activities such as walking, climbing the stairs, carrying groceries, maintaining your balance, playing with your grandkids at some point, playing with your kids now or teenagers at some point, right? Basic activities. We typically overlook everyday basic activities. We take those things for granted until they're taken away from us. And I've heard that a lot, you know, during my time when I did, um, I guess, volunteer work in um, rehabilitation centers, hospitals, I got to hear just how much, or I was reminded, I should say, of just how much I take basic things for granted. Just the ability to easily get up and walk wherever I want to go, to go run, to jump, to get up the stairs, to fall, and not be nervous that I'm going to break every single bone in my body. Very basic things like that, taken for granted. But here's the thing, though. Sometimes, no matter what, things are going to happen. We're human. Some of us are clumsy. Accidents happen. But through preserving functional independence by having adequate muscle mass, you are going to reduce the risk of falls, fractures, and disabilities that could potentially limit a person's quality of life in their entire lifespan. The name of the game is resiliency at the end of the day. It's not avoiding getting a cold, getting a bump or bruises on you. It's not about just avoiding that stuff. You can't really live a full life by doing that. You might have some scars, but it's how quickly you can recover from those scars. How resilient and durable are you? That is the name of the game. That is what this whole optimal health piece is about. So number three is what we call hormonal harmony. So muscles are involved in the production. They're involved in the regulation of several hormones that influence our overall health. And I'm not going to go through them all, but one of those is IGF-1. This may be a surprise because IGF, well, first of all, IGF-1 stands for insulin-like growth factor 1. This is mainly produced in the liver, but peripheral tissues, including skeletal muscle, produce this IGF-1 also. And IGF-1 signaling plays a major role in controlling aging and lifespan, along with tissue repair, cell growth, and maintenance. Now, here's the other side of that equation. When this is altered through an unhealthy lifestyle, Obesity, along with the decreased metabolism, are likely to occur. Decreased metabolism, obesity, which is then going to affect your metabolic health. All these things are connected. But strength, um, strength training has been shown to actually help even regulate sex hormones, such as our testosterone and our estrogen, which I found interesting. Now, number four is going to be our bone health. So most muscles are closely connected to our bone health. That's not a surprise. And this happens through um, their mechanical interaction. Regular muscle contractions during their physical activity exert forces on bones, stimulating bone remodeling and the maintenance of bone density. Also, numerous um, um, of lines and documents and research clinical evidence is suggesting that lean body mass is positively related to bone mass, which once again is going to lead to the reduced fractures and even the risk of those things actually occurring. 
So reducing the risk of osteoporosis, reducing the risk of fractures is huge nonetheless. Because we, we've all seen individuals, unfortunately, again, we've seen these people who have experienced the fall later in life. And it's been their downfall. It's been their downfall that they, they recovered from. So with that said, in this type of situation, there were things going on also that led to that. I'm not going to be naive. We don't need to be naive to think about that, that it, it wasn't just a bone health problem. There were other issues going on as well that led to that situation. But nevertheless, though, building these strong, durable bones are still beneficial. And it's still a huge part of this equation of making you a much more durable and resilient individual as you continually take trips around the sun. So number five here is going to be inflammation and immunity. Skeletal muscle accounts for about 40% of our total body weight and contains at least 50% of all our body proteins. Now, muscles produce and release compounds, which play an important role in the proliferation, activation, and distribution of some immune cells. However, before moving forward on this, I have to say, chronic low-grade inflammation is typically associated with aging and age-related diseases. But with regular exercise and the presence of adequate muscle mass, this can potentially help reduce and modulate your immune response. And this is a research study that I'm pulling up here. Appearing in the journal Science Advances, biomedical engineers at Duke University have demonstrated that human muscle has an innate ability to ward off the damaging effects of chronic inflammation when exercise. So more and more of this type of data is coming out that is linking loss of muscle mass with compromised immunity and infections. Older adults have shown increased markers of inflammation associated with low muscle mass and muscle functioning. So when you tie all this up in a nice bow, muscle is a major storage site for amino acids that are going to be used by our bodies during any sort of perceived trauma or infections. Add this on top of low to inadequate protein intake with most people's diets, even the people who are the quote-unquote high performers and performing at a high level, they're probably not eating enough protein. And it's no surprise then that your body is not going to be as effective and resilient in handling various traumas that come your way, various infections that come your way, or any other sort of type of injury. So number six here is the longevity genes and their activations. There's a lot of these. But as I mentioned earlier, Muscle is highly metabolic. There's one thing to take away from this conversation, this episode, ingrain this in your head, that muscle is highly metabolic. And that is a awesome, awesome, awesome thing to always keep in mind. Now, appearing in the American Journal of Medicine, muscle mass correlates with a decrease in all-cause mortality. So the more muscle that you have, the lesser the risk of dying from a chronic disease compared to someone with inadequate muscle. Now, in this situation here, or in general, when you, when you hear someone say the more muscle, you just need to be adequately muscled for your height, your frame, your body type. I'm not saying to be this huge, big, buff bodybuilder. 
You don't have to be that. We're not saying that. We're saying to put as much muscle on as you can. And that might sound contradictory, but if you have been in the room, in the weight room, and you have put some time in with the iron, putting muscle on is not exactly something that you can just snap your fingers with and just voila, it appears. That's not really how it works. Now, years ago, when I first started lifting weights, you had those things you call beginner gains. Like your first year or two, you're going to get, you're going to grow so much. You're going to get so many gains from that, that early period. But then after that, it slows down and you really have to earn the muscle that you put on then. It's a lot of effort. So that's why I said the more muscle you could put on and you just keep trying to put as much muscle on as you can. That's the way I would go about this. And you're, you're not going to get to the big bodybuilder level unless you seriously get after it with your nutrition and um, some other things. Now, the good news in all this, you know, we were talking about training right now. If you just hate strength training, you just absolutely hate lifting weights, which it's a little boring. I admit that. Nevertheless, it's beneficial. And sometimes you need to do things that are boring or that you don't like to do if it's for the greater good. But appearing in the medicine and science in sports and exercise journal, just one hour of resistance training led to a decrease in all-cause mortality risk. One hour. Who doesn't have one hour? I don't care how busy, busy you are. I don't care if you're the CEO of JP Morgan. I don't care if you're the CEO of any type of company. It doesn't matter. One hour. I don't care if you're the president, whatever you're not. One hour. There's people, a lot of people, who waste one hour each day on social media, who waste one hour each day gossiping, who waste one hour each day just messing around. One hour of resistance training each week led to a decrease in all-cause mortality. Now, let's do more than one hour. But I'm saying as a minimum, you're getting ahead of the curve just by doing that right there. That is huge. Emerging research is also suggesting that adequate muscle health and exercising can activate specific genes that are associated with longevity, along with promoting cellular repair mechanisms. Some of these are like sirtuins, AMP, um, activated protein kinase, in short, AMPK. These two, along with many others, which has to say, there's actually more than one sirtuin. There's a lot of sirtuins. Um, and I think I have an episode on that soon on an interview, but um, anyway, these and many others are believed to play a role in extending lifespan and promoting healthy aging. I, and so um, the last one here, it's very short. It's important. It's a little different than the other six previously. This is posture and confidence. This is something that a lot of people overlook. A lot of people get lost in the superficialities of lifting weights and they don't think about things like this, posture and confidence, strength training and building muscle helps with three aspects of your executive presence, your gravitas, your communication and your appearance. And your appearance is not in the way that you think, oh, wow, look at him. Now, strength training, having someone with great posture, having someone with some adequate muscle for their frame on there, 
you are sending a signal to the world that you are a disciplined individual. You are sending a signal to the world that you are someone who is good with delaying and gratification. Because with training, none of it comes instant. We live in a world, we live in a microwave generation world. And so you're going against that. So you're signaling discipline, commitment, focus right off the bat, which are things that also make you a great leader. No matter if you're in a corner office in a C-suite or no matter if you're rising the ranks to the C-suite or if you're leading a small team or if you're just starting your company right now. All these things are transferable to your business and to your leadership. Communication. Most of communication is nonverbal. So once again, great posture, great confidence, charisma, presence, the way you carry yourself. That's communicating something already without you even opening your mouth. Gravitas, a confidence, a swagger with yourself comes from strength training. So the final thing here is maintaining your muscle mass and even building more along with how to actually measure it. Now, these factors, the first one here is adults that are 40 plus start to lose 8% of their muscle mass per decade. And I think for the most part, it's, it really starts even earlier than that, but that was just from research study. And this doubles after the age of 70. But for me, really and truly, I start to see people at the 30 mark. They start to lose the muscle then. They start to hit the decline then if they don't take interventions. And this is doubly important for women. But the good news, once again, I like I like to be the harbinger of some bad news, but then I like to be the harbinger of some good news. The good news is that muscle can easily be maintained with physical exercise and appropriate nu nutrition, specifically having adequate amounts of protein each day. Now, there's different compounds and methodologies that can help, of course. We can. But simply eating optimally and strength training will take you so far. That is at least probably 90% of the, of, the, of the operation there. Now, as you lift, make an effort to continually push yourself. Push yourself through progressive overload. Utilize different rep ranges and uh, utilize different sets. Focus on your compound exercises first and foremost. And I think that everyone actually should lift at least three days a week. I think it could change your life. If you do not have a dedicated strength training regimen right now, lifting at least three days a week will do wonders for you in more ways than you can imagine. If you choose this route, a simple way to get started, three full body workouts a week. It's a very easy solution. If you want something different, do a upper day, a lower day, and then a full body day for your workout split for the week. And lastly, focus on your lean body mass, LBM. A short way. Focus on that instead of just the scale weight. Calculate your body fat percentage subtracted from 100% to get an estimate. And you can use tools such as the bot pod, the skin fold test, or a, a um, what's it called? An in-body scan. Those are different ways you can use that. But if you are around and it's accessible to you, opt for a DEXA scan so you can get some pivotal numbers. And there's three in particular that you can get here that I think is will really serve you well. Number one is your visceral fat. I did an episode on visceral fat that you should definitely go back and listen to if you haven't yet, because not all fats are created equal. That's a pretty good slogan, but um, if I must say so. But uh, visceral fat is one of them. The second one is bone mineral density. 
And the third one is going to be muscle mass. So as we wrap this episode up, muscles are not just for aesthetics and vanity. They are essential to our overall health and well-being. Muscles are a representation of something that helps you build character, discipline. You're sending a signal out to the world that you truly care about yourself, that you are someone, like I said, who has great discipline, is able to lead themselves, able to delay gratification. And these are traits that are needed in every single facet of our lives. Muscles are a critical aspect to living longer and more importantly, living better. And so until next time, stay awesome, be limitless, and as always, go be the CEO of your health and your life. Peace.